Welcome to the Jam Session Radio Hour. This is John Landis, your host. Happy to be with you once again and especially happy tonight because we had the privilege of interviewing an old friend, Joanna Howard, a staple of the music community in Sag Harbor. She is someone who has performed with the Jam Session at Bayburger and has also performed frequently with at Barron's Cove with a little trio that the Jam Session has put together to entertain there. Um, and Joanne was one of the really popular vocalists that we had there. And as you can tell from the interview, she is a person who is exploring various musical genres. And she's played them with Jane Hasty and Peter Martin Weiss, who are staples of the jazz music community out here on the East End. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Joanna Howard. Joanna, let's just jump into it. Tell us about your, your background as a singer, the kind of stuff you like to sing and what you do, the different genres you explore, and how you got into this. Sure. Well, the, the story goes that I was singing before I spoke. Uh, I was raised in a household full of music. Uh, my mother is a church organist. Um, she plays the piano. She taught music at the local high school. And my two older sisters sang. So we were constantly surrounded by music. And my mother says that before I spoke my first word, I sang along with the classical station and from my high chair. Um, so I, I don't ever remember a time not singing. Um, I started singing in my mom's church choir probably when I was about four. My mother started a program through the church of Children, I think she called it the cherub choir because she had her, you know, her regular choir that sang for the services. But then when my sisters and I came along, she started this cherub choir. And uh, then when she discovered we actually could all carry tunes and uh, you know, uh, carry our own lines independently of each other, she started um, teaching us more complicated three-part harmony. And uh, yeah, so we, the, the three of us, the Howard sisters, we were singing from very, very young ages, five, seven, and nine. We were singing at like VFW halls and church luncheons, uh, family weddings. You're the middle kid? I'm the youngest, the youngest, youngest of three. Yep. And have your um, sisters continued to sing too? They have, both of them have, yeah. So Jessica still lives in West Hampton. Uh, she sings at the church. She sings in the Long Island uh, Women's Choir. Uh, Siri has gone on to do a bunch of Broadway musicals and tours, and she sings with the Omaha Symphony. So yeah, we've all kept up with our, with our music. Um, the as far as like the genre um you and i we've talked about this that it's it's hard for me to sort of identify what kind of a singer i am because it it seems to depend on <laughs> on the context so you know growing up with a, a church musician for a mother i did sing a lot of you know uh, religious music growing up and i still love to sing that but uh, when I was eight, I was cast in a musical, uh, the tour of Les Miserables. And so I started singing musical theater from about age of eight and continued on with that for many years. And when I went to, to college, I, I sort of assumed that I would continue in that vein and always be a, a musical theater singer. And I, I still perform a little bit from, from time to time in musicals, but I, I sort of accidentally found my way into jazz. Uh, not so much in college. I started listening to 
Ella Fitzgerald, you know, she's sort of the gateway for all new newbies to jazz, I think, to jazz vocalists. Uh, so I listened to a lot of Ella Fitzgerald in college, but didn't really expect that I would sing much jazz myself. And it wasn't really until, you know, many years later when I was back on Long Island, you know, doing plays at Bay Street and discovering this great jazz community out there that I, that I started singing jazz of, of my own, you know, with, I met you through Bay Street uh, when I was an actor. And I remember you telling me about the, the jam session at Bayburger and, the, and, you know, the Howard sisters were still performing from time to time. And uh, the two amazing <laughs> jazz musicians, Jane Hasty and Peter Martin Weiss, they came to hear one of our concerts. They're so involved in the community out there. And they came to a concert we did, I think it was maybe at the maybe at the West Hampton High School at the in the big auditorium there could have been the West Hampton Performing Arts Center. I, I don't remember which venue it was, but they came up to us afterward and we hadn't met them before. We didn't know who they were. We didn't know how incredibly talented these people were, but they said, we would love to collaborate with you. We would love to uh, play some of these songs that you guys have been working on and maybe come up with some some different arrangements. And so we scheduled some time with them and discovered that they were not only incredibly talented, but they, they kind of opened things up for us. You know, they opened up different, different styles and um, they just kind of created this incredible new uh, foundation for us. And through them, I started singing more uh, solo jazz. You know, um, they have that uh, art of song that they, that they had been doing at the Bridgehampton Historical Society for many years. And they invited me to do a, a concert with them as a, as a soloist. And, you know, that might've been the first time, and this is probably, gosh, 10 years ago. And that may have been the first time that I thought, oh, maybe I'm sort of a jazz singer. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's funny listening back to those recordings now because it was, I was definitely finding finding my footing and finding that style and figuring out where it fit in with all my other influences, you know, the musical theater with the spiritual music, with the folk music that was always playing in my house as a kid. Um, so the Howard sisters played how many concerts with Peter and Jane? Probably uh, two or three. Two or three. Yeah. Are they part of the art of song? I don't think the Howard sisters ever did an art of song. We, we did a, a Howard sisters concert at the Bridgehampton Historical Society with mm -hmm. Jane and Peter, but I think under the, under the, the title of art of song, I think, I think I just did one of those. On behalf of my sisters and myself, I'd like to thank you all for coming out tonight. I see a lot of familiar faces out there. <laughs> For those of you who don't know us, I'm Jessica. I'm Siri. And I'm Joanna. And I'm thrilled to introduce our musicians for tonight. On piano, we have Jane Hasty. And on bass, we have Peter Martin Weiss.
Listening to WLIW FM, Southampton, New York, 88.3 on your dial. Also heard at WLIW.org/radio. And this is the Jam Session Radio Hour with me interviewing Joanna Howard. I'm just thinking about Jane and Peter. Other situations kind of similar to this, where they would have gravitated to performers that they found, vocalists that they found, and hooked up with them. And why do you think they? What was it about the, the, the uh, Howard sisters? Um, I, I'm not sure. That's actually a great question. And I, I'd love to ask them about that sometime. I think that they, I think that they saw some, some untapped potential, uh, you know, as sisters, we had such a great, great mix. And I, I think that they, that they saw there was opportunity for maybe some better arrangements that they could Mm -hmm. just bring some new life to what we, to what we were doing. And, um, the Howard sisters were singing the same material over, you know, 15 years. And it's, it's really fun to listen to the versions with before, <laughs> before Jane and Peter. Yeah. And then that same song years later, after we'd been playing and jamming with them, because they're, you know, they're, they're just so much more free and fun and rich. Um, and that's, you know, I, I have to thank them for, that on behalf of the both the Howard sisters and my own solo career, and you know they've continued to invite me to to perform with them um, at you know various venues on Long Island. Like I just last summer, or I guess two summers ago now, with COVID, it's so hard to keep track of <laughs> the time. But uh, I sang with with Jane over at the Rams Head Inn, so that you know they they kind of keep me in their orbit which is fantastic because then I meet other musicians and uh, up until recently I was living in Brooklyn so it was difficult to stay really stay connected to the jazz community out on on the island but Jane and Peter have such a great way of 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 keeping that connection about the um it's fascinating to me the arranging process like you were talking about the difference in a Howard Sisters song or one of your own songs before and after working with Jane and Peter um, who does the arranging for them? They, they do it together? They do it together, yeah. I mean, they're married and they, they have this great shorthand. And, you know, of course, there's always a little bit of discussion before the fact, you know. Um, for, for today, Jane and Peter, um, they laid down some tracks for me to, to sing on top of in GarageBand and mix together. And, and uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll play that throughout today's session. But... Um, yeah, we had a we had a Zoom call last week where we discussed, you know, some tempo and style and key and all that. 
These are uh, songs that you've sung with them before? They are, yeah, both, both of them. It was, it was sort of hard to figure out which, which of our favorites <laughs> we had to narrow it down Had to. anybody arranged for you or for the Howard Sisters before, besides maybe your mother or whatever before you got, before that? Um, well, well, definitely my mother. Uh, my mother's a, a really talented arranger. Um, she tended to arrange more of the, the classical or the, you know, the, the religious music that we, that we sang. She wrote a beautiful arrangement of Ave Maria that the three of us sang. So we were, yeah, we've, the Howard sisters were used to having um, arrangements catered to us. We're <laughs> very fortunate in that, in that sense. Yeah. Well, you always had, uh, namely your mother, um, kind of working with you and arranging all that. But then, so when Peter and Jane kind of got involved, um, would they take a piece that you already did and then like go home and play with it and come back with you and say, well, this is, or would they just like do it on the spot while you're I mean, with them? Usually on the spot. I mean, they were generally songs that, that, that Jane and Peter already, already knew, you know, were already in their repertoire. So they'd say, well, you know, here's how we like to do it. What, how does this sound for you? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, for people who don't know, Peter uh, Weiss, Peter Martin Weiss is a bass player, also a very competent uh, soloist, a uh, guitar player. And um, Jane is a keyboard player and, and uh, plays in, and singer, and plays in church a lot. They both teach. Um, and um, they're one of the kind of well-known musical couples in the East End because they're just so good and they played so much and they're so reliable. Um, and the jam session early on was very lucky to have them. And Peter probably played bass for the jam session, I'm going to say, you know, a hundred times. He was probably more, um, the most regular bass player that we, that the jam session has had. We've had a, a series of them, but, and people love to play with him. Uh, and Jane as well. So one, and once in a while, Jane would come and be, you know, the guest, uh, you know, the guest, uh, special guest as um, has Joanna. Tell us about a couple of the nights that you remember as a special guest at uh, Bayburger. Well, I remember I was out there doing a production of The Crucible and uh, you and I were talking about getting me, getting me over to Bayburger to sing after rehearsal one night and I convinced a bunch of the cast, maybe even the whole cast, to come over, you know, have some food, listen to some music and, you know, I, I kind of slid in there and you know I might I might sing a song or two uh -huh. and these were all new friends new acquaintances so it was uh it was a little a little scary I think to kind of show this other side of myself you know sometimes I struggle with the identity of am I an actor am I a singer what kind of singer so uh knowing... obviously was not had no <laughs> was not musical you want to offer to Baber with had not heard you sing yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, it's a, it's always an interesting experience showing that other side of yourself to people. Um, and even, you know, I remember one of the last times I sang live before COVID was with Jane over at, um, uh, at Ramshead and, and my, my mother came and, uh, you know, she's been listening to me sing my whole life. And she was sitting there and she sort of had almost a confused look on her face. And after the gig was up, I said, Mama, what's, what's wrong? Did, did, you not, did you not like that? And she said, where, where did that come from? Where did you learn to do that? 
<laughs> and uh, I guess the the long answer is that you know it was it started it, with baby steps. It started by getting up at Bay Burger and saying, "I I want to sing with these incredible musicians and try this on." And over the last ten years, I've I've discovered that jazz singing is probably the the it's what I love most. Um, you know, I, I, I love singing. I've always loved singing. It's always been a huge part of my life, but it feels more authentic than mm -hmm. to me than so many of the other styles that I've, that I've tried on. And I'm not sure why that is. Um, I, I, I love the freedom of it. I love the unpredictability of it. I love showing up to a gig, sometimes having never met the musicians before and we say, here's what we're playing, here's the key, and let's just do it. Uh, it's thrilling. And the, the level of, of focus and the level of skill that's required to show up like that and deliver with a, you know, a group, essentially a group of strangers sometimes, is, it's, um, it's magical. It's just mm -hmm. magical. What makes a jazz song a jazz song for a vocalist? Like, can you take a song that wouldn't normally be thought of as a jazz song and turn it into a jazz song? Absolutely. Um, so the, if, uh, the Bay Street has this, this program that they've started during COVID called Sip and Sing. And I know you've tuned in a couple of times and I've sung, I think, five of these now. And, you know, it's an evening of show tunes. It's just an hour. It's Friday at five. It's free. And, you know, sometimes you have as many as 50 or 60 people tuned in and, you know, at you home. Put up the lyrics. Yeah, they, they put up the lyrics to these well-known show tunes and whatever host they pick, you know, myself or another uh, veteran of that theater, uh, hosts the evening and, and leads everyone in song. And um, it's up to the host to come up with, uh, with you know, the accompaniment track. And so I have started doing this thing where I'll find, I'll find recognizable show tunes because you want everybody to be able to sing along, but find a, a jazz arrangement of it. Like, a, um, well, a lot of the jazz standards out there actually started in a, in a musical on a Broadway stage. Um, but absolutely, one of the songs that I sang in, the, in my previous virtual concert was uh, Luck Be a Lady, which from Guys and Dolls, right? It's a famous song, famous musical, but a lot of people know that song through Frank Sinatra singing it sure. as a jazz song. So, sure. you know, it's, a, it's an essence, it's a tone, it's a, you know, there are a lot of elements that go into it, but I think it starts with, with, the, with the arrangement, you know? And uh, so among your colleagues, like uh, for instance, does Siri sing jazz? My sister Siri? She, uh, she doesn't, she, she has done concerts in the past where she's done, you know, the Great American Songbook yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I think she would definitely call herself a classical or musical theater singer. Right, but, and do you have, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll think of one example, somebody else who sang at Barron's Cove, and that's Ellen Teufel. Yes, and right, she is one of my dearest friends who I met in a church choir, actually. So after college, one of my one of my survival jobs, if you will, was uh, when I was living in in the city, was singing at a at a an Episcopal church up in Scarsdale, and uh, I was there for about four or five years. 
And every now and then, if there would be, you know, a special holiday or a big concert, they'd bring in some, some extra reinforcements. And I met Ellen through that, and she's, a, she's an opera singer. Right. And she revealed to me that when she was younger, when she was in high school, she actually really wanted to be a jazz singer and thought she was going to pursue that. And, you know, life has its own ideas, and she's now a, a, an opera singer. But... Uh, she's an example of somebody that another singer who, who can and does do different styles. And, you know, I think, yes, it can be confusing at times. Um, but I think that if you, if you keep them all in your, in your mind at once, they can actually help to influence each other. You know, talk about the training. Ellen, obviously she's a trained opera singer. Mm -hmm. You've been singing since you were uh, a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and you and your mother, you know, obviously, and maybe other influences in, in your life taught you um, technique. But Alan, see, Alan seems to be like laden with technique. And yet, and yet, and then the opportunity to sing jazz, and this was at, at uh, Barron's Cove, she was very gratified to have that opportunity. Talk about the, you know, the difference in techniques between like someone who would study opera, and then your you know, you still have to be able to sustain notes and sustain your right. voice through a long period of time and all those, have all those abilities. Sure. Well, um, I, I did start training. Uh, I, my vocal training started when I was about 12. I started studying with a, a classical voice teacher in New York City on a regular basis. And whether it was that teacher or another, I've studied voice uh, since since I was 12. And I probably was even studying late into my 20s. And um, I am a firm believer that the foundation of any technique has to be a very solid uh, training, you know, whether, and, and the classical training doesn't mean you have to become a classical musician. You know, uh, if you listen to, if, you know, if you want to talk about musical theater for a moment, if you listen to someone like Kelly O'Hara, she has an incredible voice. She's had a, a long, sustainable career. And you can still tell she has a very healthy voice, a very healthy technique. And that's a classical technique that she has applied to a different style. So Ellen has this classical technique and she you know, had to kind of shift gears a little bit. So uh, it sounded more like jazz, but that, that foundation is always there. And for me, I try to always keep the, the technique there uh, as the basis so you have a healthy, clean sound and you have a sustainable career, but it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I'm going to sound like, a, like an opera singer when I sing jazz. I have mm -hmm. sung classical music and I still do from time to time, but um, I like switching back and forth between different styles and, and I, I'm lucky that I have a lot of different outlets. I, I still sing in churches. These days it's virtual, but I record music for church services. So I sing classical pieces for that. I have a, a band, a sort of, it's like a folk, folk country band. Uh, and we sing a totally different style for that. And then there's the jazz and then there's the, the sip and sing for Bay Street, uh, which is musical theater. So mm. The technique is all the same, but it's just applied differently, or I'd say maybe to different degrees. <laughs> Tell us about the, the um, you mentioned the folk 
uh, band that you have now that you're with now? What are they? Yeah. So the it's it's been such an unexpected, incredible surprise. This band was formed sort of by accident. We're called the Buttery Barmaids. And my two bandmates play the ukulele and I sometimes play the guitar and we all sing in three-part harmony. And it's a little bit body and silly and fun. And uh, yeah, we, we uh, all knew each other as actors. And one of, one of my bandmates had a birthday and she wanted to do a, a, like a pick and party out at, outside in, at Central Park. And the three of us were all there at this party and, you know, people are playing music and the three of us all chimed in on the song that we all knew and kind of looked at each other and said, oh, <laughs> this sounds good. <laughs> so we started meeting on a regular basis just to have fun, just to make music as, you know, because as actors, we didn't always get an opportunity to, to sing as well. And this was maybe three years ago now, and we've, uh, we've had paying gigs all over New York State, and all over Brooklyn, and we have a bunch of music videos now, thanks to COVID. You know, that was our only way of, of getting our stuff out there. But, but yeah, it's fun to do a, a video with them. We just did a recording of um, Jackson, the Johnny, Johnny Cash song, Jackson. Uh, we collaborated with another trio band, these three guys. And um, that music video is coming out next week. But, you know, it was fun to be working on that and also be recording jazz songs and recording uh, for my, my mother's church services. Um, so so I guys missed it. They're called the Buttery Barmaids. Yeah. You can find it on Buttery Barmaids, right? The, the yeah, Buttery our website is thebutterybarmaids.com. And yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun doing all sorts of different styles. We cover all kinds of things. We do a cover of um, Bruce Springsteen's I'm on Fire. Uh, so we, you know, we like taking all sorts of different songs and, and kind of making them our own. But yeah, I like, I really like not sticking with just one style, but you had asked me earlier if I thought of myself as a jazz singer, if I tell people I'm a jazz singer. And I got to tell you the truth. I, I, I want to say that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't always feel like I have the authority or the, the right to say it because I, as far as jazz goes, I'm self-taught. Um, you know, I've, I've been listening to it my whole life and singing it for the past 10 years, but sometimes I don't feel like I have the right to call myself that, but in my, in my heart, I am. <laughs> so working with Jane and Peter, back to them for a second. You, um, and we're going to get, we're going to hear some of the songs you've done with them during this um, interview, which is great. Um, they had you've you've been able to take that same jazz direction with them, right? Because that's their background. That's what I mean. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. In decades they've they've been that in that genre. Oh yeah, and like I said, they've they've opened things up for me in so many ways. First with the Howard Sisters, and you know, meeting them through the Howard Sisters also gave me um, this opportunity to sing with them as a soloist, a jazz soloist. It's not the pale moon that excites me That thrills and delights me Oh no It's just the nearness 
Thanks for staying with us. You're listening to WLIW FM 88.3 in New York, also heard on WLIW.org slash radio, Long Island's only NPR station. This is the Jam Session Radio Hour, and we are interviewing Joanna Howard. I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I, I have all this training. I have vocal training, and I'm just, I went to school. I got my degree as, as an actor. So I have training in, in these other specific things, and I, I think that I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable about the fact that I don't have jazz training. I've, I've learned on the job for the what past. Would that, what would that constitute? What, I mean, like, who are, who are some of your influences that are in the jazz world, that, you know, female vocalists or male vocalists that you especially yeah, so. Like? Uh, the, the people that I first started singing along with were absolutely Ella Fitzgerald and Jane Monheit, um, uh, Blossom Deary. And then, you know, these days, I, I can't get enough Kurt Elling. I, I, anytime he's doing a concert, I try to be there. I think he's just phenomenal. I, love, I mean, talking about technique, he's, mm-hmm. he's clear. He's clear, mm-hmm. solid. He, he delivers. He's, he's got charisma. He's got great style, great timing, great spirit. I guess to answer your question, I, I would like to say, oh yeah, you know, I, I went to school for jazz, but that's not the case. Okay. So here you are poke, poking holes in my theory. So maybe I should get over it and just say I'm a jazz singer. No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, uh, we met you as an actor and then you were obviously doing a lot of musical theater and you had like a long roll, right? With the star, Peter, the star catcher. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it is, it, there's music in it, but people, I mean, it's still, it's still basically a play. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so what are, what are some of the highlights of your musical theater experience? Huh? Um, that's a good question. I've loved, I've loved doing workshops, which might sound weird because you don't really get the, the glory of doing doing the job in front of a bunch of people uh-huh. but i i love being a part of the the workshop process of a musical um actually you know through bay street i was part of the workshop the original workshops for the prince of egypt right which is now having you know great success all over the world and i like i like being in the room when these things develop um oh. i find it so fascinating to be a part of that and to even have a small play a small role in how a song develops or how a character develops Mm -hmm. is is just really gratifying really thrilling um but some of my favorite musical theater roles i actually played in high school Mm -hmm. Um, my mother was the the music she was the, the music teacher and she directed all the plays and musicals and we did, she, I mean, she had great taste. She has great taste. And she, when she taught there, she, she picked a, a great range of, of musicals and plays. So Maria in West Side Story was just one of the most thrilling things to sing. You got to play Maria. I did. Mm-hmm. Probably, it, you know, the only time I'll, I'll ever get to play that with my Norwegian background. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was, that was one of the highlights, believe it or not, you know, all those years ago. Well, when I tell my wife that uh, you played Maria, she'll be very upset that she missed that. Oh, I have, you know, I'm actually having the high school tape, the VHS tape converted to one of those little like memory sticks because really? it's like 
when I'm 80, I might really want to sit down and, and watch that. That's great. <laughs> Just to remember. So, you know, but it occurs to me when you, when you were talking about doing workshops and how much you like workshops, that, that, that harkens back to something you were saying about jazz, how one of the things that attracts you to jazz is, is, that, is that whole process. Right, of just yeah. showing up, you know, working on something together. And that fascinates me about jazz musicians. You know, I mean, having been raised in pop music and rock and roll and, and then being lucky enough to have been a part of what we did at Bayburger for 10 years with the jam session, which just became jazz because of Cleus Brandall, you know, because he was part you, of our community. It, it became, what do you mean it became jazz? Well, because when we started it, it was just my my son-in-law Joe saying, uh, me saying to him, hey Joe, can I have a night to do music? And I'll find local people. And we started out with a blues guy and then we had another you know, singer-songwriter and then a couple other singer-songwriters. And then, uh, then, I met, then we met Cleus. And Cleus had had a career in jazz where he'd had his own band in Queens and he had run, run he'd done jam, jam sessions, been a part of them. And, he's, and I remember we were sitting talking about what we might do together and I kind of said, well, it'd be really fun to have a bunch of people just come and play on a regular basis who are jazz players. And he said, well, that's exactly, that's exactly what I want to do. So it was one of those, you know, those moments. It's like, yeah, total epiphany. And then, but he's, he made it happen. I mean, because he's got the Rolodex and he knows all the players and, you know, right. he just contacts them and they show up and they, they want to play. And then they, you know, people like Randy Brecker and Morris Goldberg and incredible people who have, and Otto Rovati who have played with us, who just like, they're just looking for a place to play. Right. And, right. They love it. and it's more than that. It's like they want to play with good players. And because Jack, because Clayus is such a good drummer and he knows a lot of good players, they know on any given night, there's a good chance that they're going to encounter other good people. And yet at the same time, you know, you can walk up with your friends from Bay Street Theater and never having sung or having not sung much jazz and get up and sing with these really great, you know, performers behind you or with you. And I think it's very, it's very, uh, it's wonderful for me to hear that that was part of what took you into that direction. It absolutely was. It absolutely was. I mean, the combination of, of you and Jane and Peter, I think are what brought me to where I am today. Um, and you know, as as far as the musical theater goes, it's it's been a it's been a struggle trying to figure out where that lives in my life, or whether it has a place in my life or not. And you know, what I was saying before about showing up and having things be new and organic—that's something that I I don't think that that itch wasn't getting scratched for me in musical theater. Um, nothing against that genre or the people that 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 pursue it. Um, but for me, I found it to be a little too polished. And, you know, growing up in, in the church, singing in the church choir, singing with my sisters in this perfect three-part harmony, you know, I, I was used to that and I liked it. But I think part of me was really looking for a way to break out of that and be messy. <laughs> and so not training in jazz and getting up in, in Bayburger and singing with these jazz mu musicians felt like life to me mm. and um you know i'm remembering too uh, there were times when i was in my early 20s living in the city and my friends and i would go out to play pool or we'd go to some bar and there'd be some 
college students playing jazz in the corner and I'd go up and say, Hey, can I sing with you? <laughs> After oh, a couple cool. of drinks, I'd say, Hey, can I, can I sing? All right. And of course they'd look at me like, who the heck is this? And why does she think she can <laughs> piggyback would you, on our would you sing, Or would they just say, they wouldn't say no. I mean, say sometimes they'd, sometimes they'd say yes. Yeah. Sometimes I wouldn't let them say no. Well, you know what? Uh, I mean, I've, I've obviously heard you as a jazz singer, mostly at Barron's Cove, because you, you've sang there at least three times, right? Yeah, and yeah. So Rams, Rams head in. So four times? Four times what? That, uh, well, the, three times at Barron's Cove, anyway. Yeah. And so talk, I mean, Barron's Cove probably would be more typical of what you're describing as like a little combo in the corner, where when yeah. you sang at Barron's Cove, that was your gig, right? Kind of. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess I mean, I'm saying that you were just kind of, you chose, you chose the material. They yeah, would play behind you. No, that's but, true. But really the focus of the audience was on, was on you, which, which is true of a vocalist anyway. I think that's interesting think, in and of itself. Yeah, I think it kind of has to work that way. I mean, for, for whatever reason, when it's, when it's instrumentalists alone, um, you can, you can close your eyes and listen, you know, or, or even talk over them, not, not suggesting you sh one should. But I think when there's a vocalist, people are sort of forced to pay attention a little more. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I've, we've, you know, in, in the years that I've experienced listening as a listener, as a, as a member of the audience, there's something, to there's something decidedly different when somebody goes up and sings. Right. And I'm not saying that they can have, you know, be talentless and still uh, attract a lot of attention, but they just do it, attract attention. First of all, it's right. a lyric and, you know, you're not hearing lyrics otherwise. And that's great. But I mean, as a jazz neophyte, it's always been interesting to me because I was just raised on music with vocalists, you know, and right. then just to hear music that by and large does not have vocalists. And I have to say a lot of musicians would just prefer there not be a vocalist. And I've yeah. learned that too. And it's like, what do you mean you'd prefer not to, yeah, well, you know, we like to jam, we like to, it's like, and I'm sure you felt that too, right? You have, as a vocalist, you have to fit in with these players. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that's added to the, you know, the rocky journey I've had as a, as a jazz singer I'm going to say it as a jazz singer, um, because you sort of have to show up um, with a sense of confidence and leadership. And, um, you know, I have been so fortunate to play with the best that Long Island has to offer. Mm -hmm. Maybe even like the tri-state area has to mm -hmm. offer. And, you know, I, I'm sure there were times when people were a little annoyed that they had to work with this newbie jazz singer, you know, um, so, um, I would love to continue doing it just for fun, but it seems like, you know, this is really how I want to be spending my time now. Um, I, at least the time that I spend singing, I, I want to spend it singing jazz, you know, cool. for the most part. So I'm, you know, I'm grateful to have all of these incredible connections and, and outlets. So I hope in 10 years, when I listen to the recordings I've done this week, I'll be, you know, oh, okay, that's where I was then. And I'm good. Sure you know, yeah. getting better. <laughs> right. And, and Sip and Sing uh, has given you a little bit of an opportunity to do that because you've been able to control whatever you want to do, right? Yeah, but they've, they've been great. You know, they've, they've said, you know, fill an hour and, and, you know, pick show tunes that people know. And like I've said, I've, I've found arrangements that are more jazzy than they are typical musical theater. So that's been my way to kind of shape 
my my outlet a little more to my to my liking. So yeah, I've gotten to I've gotten to sing a, a bunch of jazz. Um, Here you are at this point, which I'm sure is true of a lot of musicians during COVID. It's like there's been a major pause. Yeah. Um, and a chance to think about what what would be the next steps. And you're obviously very involved in other things in your life as well. Um, and but when you think about the next steps in music, um, do you know logistically what you might do to pursue? more jazz singing? Uh, yeah, I have some ideas. So I recently relocated. Uh, my husband and I left Brooklyn um, in late 2020 and moved upstate. And there's actually, there's a, there's a pretty good scene up here, uh, actually very good scene up here. Uh, in a way, it'll be starting over again, because as we've said, so much of finding the jobs and, and uh, creating that community is having somebody you know say, hey, you know, I've got this singer that I want to bring to my next gig, and I don't have that up here yet. So um, it's going to take a little bit of persistence again, you know, sort of like my 20s when I would insist on <laughs> getting to sing with the with the combo in the corner. But um, uh, I, I hope to build up a community here or get get more immersed in the community up here. Yeah. The, the jazz community. Um, you know, I, I love that virtual concerts are now uh, a norm and they're, wow. you know, the, all the kinks are getting worked out slowly and I've got a whole new setup with my microphones and it's, um, you know, it's getting, it's getting better as time goes on. So I would love to keep doing that. You know, I like the intimacy of having people right there on the other side of the screen and you, you see their house and they see your house. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that. I really, really miss singing live. I'm mm -hmm. hoping that when the weather gets warm again, I can, you know, go to some bars up in this new area where I live and say, Hey, can I, can I sing? Can you just let me sing? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need anything shiny. I don't need a lot of glory. I just, I just need, I need to sing. Uh, is there a way that people can access any of the um, sip and sings from Bay street theater? You know? uh, that's a good question. I don't know if Bay Street posts them on. Are they still I, doing them though. Uh, yeah, they. So they're they're still ongoing. They were planning on doing it just I think through the um, through the winter, but I think they've been so popular and people really. They're Friday you know, nights. They're Friday Friday nights. Friday nights at five. five. Yeah. Uh, and Bay Street posts a registration link usually the day before, and um, yeah. You yeah, with them. I mean, you um, you uh, have a little glass of wine right along with them, right? Yeah, yeah. So people, you know, they raise a toast and they kind of chat about what all, they're all drinking Please. at home. Um, it's nice. It's, you know, it's, it's not sitting in a jazz club with people, but it's, it's something. Yeah. Well, we, um, Joanne, I want to thank you so much um, for being so open with us about what you do and what you have done and where you've gotten. Um, and... Uh, what you hopefully will do in the future and whatever it is, uh, whatever husbandry uh, you may be involved in. We hope that <laughs> you continue to husband that beautiful voice and your beautiful self. And we thank you so much. And we thank Peter and Jane um, and uh, you know, to be continued. Just uh, your life seems to be taking, have taken a really nice turn. Strange, strange and unexpected turns yeah. uh, keep happening. And I'm grateful. Um, I'm loving it. <laughs> Well, thanks, and we will uh, 
we'll hear you at Bay Street or wherever we can, maybe up in, in, in your neck of the woods. Yeah. I'll we'll uh, to the jam session when that happens again. We'll definitely have you back. Oh, and Dance Co. Yeah. will be reopening again too, people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Okay. Thanks, Joanna. Thank you. All right. They're writing songs of love, but not for me. All lucky stars above, but not for me. With love to either way, I've had more clouds of gray than any Russian play could guarantee. I was a So thanks so much for being with us and having a chance to hear from one of our own. Grew up in, grew up in West Hampton Beach, um, has, has frequently played musical theater at Bay Street Theater, also acted there and other places, has, is deep into a very interesting career that uh, goes into all facets, of, various facets of, um, of music and in particular jazz and has played with uh, Jane. We've, uh, we very much thank Jane Hastay and Peter Weiss for having um, been a part of this and been a part of, of Joanna's music that she's brought to us, also through the jam session and, uh, and various uh, times that she's played at Barron's Cove. So thank you very much for being with us tonight. 
we appreciate the, the chance that we have to bring you some of this great music and, and interesting personalities from our environment. Uh, we thank others who have been involved in the production of this show, including Silvana Monasterios, whose tune Tropical Mirage has formed the, uh, um, what we need for our intro and outro. And we thank Fernando Valladares, um, who has helped us choose the music and various times. And we also thank Rafael Alvarez in particular, our post-production guru. And we also, also thank Cleus Brandall, um, who is our music director for the Jam Session and the Jam Session Radio Hour. So once again, stay well, take care of each other, take care of yourselves. This is the Jam Session Radio Hour, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks very much, and good night. Mm-hmm.